You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Thursday, May the 6th. Ian Cameron with you. We'll have Jimmy Murphy along with us momentarily as well. We're ready to break down the Thursday card. What a fun show. What a crazy show yesterday was. If you didn't check out the Ice Guys show either live on YouTube or you didn't download the uh, podcast yesterday after the fact, check it out. I mean, it was crazy because we had the New York Rangers and their really stunning front office shakeup pretty much take place as the show was going on. So uh, Jimmy and I definitely instant reaction to what was a highly unexpected decision uh, by the ownership of the New York Rangers, putting it mildly. And that's exactly what uh, happened yesterday with the dismissal of John Davidson, uh, the GM or the president of hockey ops and Jeff Gorton, uh, the general manager, uh, both <clears throat> getting fired here yesterday uh, by the New York Rangers. Uh, it was definitely uh, a stunning development, not something I think was warranted based on the job that the two men did in trying to rebuild this team and put them in a position to be successful uh, long-term. <clears throat> so uh, definitely some issues. Uh, the New York Rangers with the uh, ownership of James Dolan, with the uh, GM and the uh, president of hockey operations, it was really, he was looking for any reason to get rid of them. The rumblings are he wasn't happy with the season they've had. He kind of wanted to make a change and then they didn't stand up and support Dolan and stand by him when he, uh, insisted on the Rangers posting that statement about George Peros and getting rid of him uh, as the player of uh, as the head of player safety, and that was the final straw. It was just uh, it's, it's just crazy to fire people for that reason. Uh, what because they don't stand by you for making a statement that has never been done before, protocol has never ever been broken before, and calling out someone as unfit in the NHL head offices at any department, at any level, and say they should be fired. It's never been done before because it's just not supposed to happen. You're supposed to keep those kind of uh, thoughts to yourself and behind closed doors in discussion and not come out and say it publicly. But uh, nevertheless, uh, it was a stunning development, and it was a crazy day for the Rangers. Uh, Obviously, we'll recap last night's action first before we get into tonight's Thursday card. We'll start with the Capitals and the Rangers. Uh, Absolutely. uh, Give the Rangers credit, okay? They don't have goons. They don't have muscle. They don't have enforcers littered up and down their lineup uh, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, they have Brendan Smith. Maybe uh, Kevin Rooney, you could say, he's got a little bit of a, a, you know, backbone and ability to stand up and play a physical game as well. Um, but this is still a New York Rangers team. They don't have a lot of guys that are, you know, enforcers on this team. Or, and it was a collective team effort by them. 
you know, they, they, they had the blind brawl off the opening faceoff. Brendan Smith, credit to him. Uh, he has fought several times before. He's the one current Ranger on the roster that has dropped the gloves at least more than a handful of times. And he went right after Tom Wilson on the very first, Tom Wilson's very first shift of the game uh, and took him on. And look, it's not easy to fight Tom Wilson. He's a big guy. He knows how to chuck the knucks. And for Brendan Smith to do that, I don't give him full marks, total credit. I, I like that the Rangers did it that way. Um, you know, that they actually, you know, they didn't get the, the they didn't get the decision they wanted from George Peros regarding Wilson, but they said, you know what, we're gonna show a little team unity. We're gonna stick up for ourselves as a hockey team. And as you know, we got each other's backs. You know, you have to show uh, that kind of um that kind of a mindset. And, and the Rangers did that. So credit to them. Uh very uh physical. Uh, game it sort of wore out late later in the game especially when Tom Wilson left the game and of course there was another incident later in the game Anthony Mantha was pestering Pavel Buchnevich all over the ice and Buchnevich finally had enough and cross-checked Mantha right in the face obviously not the response you want if you want to like punch him or you know knock him down that's one thing but a cross-check would be the stick right to the face that's just not the way you want to respond in that kind of situation and it's probably going to get uh, Pavel Buchnevich in some hot water. And isn't the irony of the Rangers fan and the Rangers team as if they're not already pissed off enough with George Peros not suspending Tom Wilson, now they're probably going to have to watch him dole out a suspension to Pavel Buchnevich for cross-checking Anthony Mantha in the face with a stick. Uh, so they're really going to be uh, absolutely uh, livid, uh, if more than that. And yes, there's a great point that someone's making in the chat about George Peros. And we need to stop talking about enforcers like they're morons or they're they got no shit for brains and they can't think and they're not educated and all this stuff that's not the case um you look at Stu Grimson on NHL network i don't know how many of you guys watch the NHL network in the states but Stu Grimson does a terrific job he speaks as well as anybody he's educated he's smart he's intelligent a lot of these enforcers and tough guys are look at John Scott does that guy look like he's a moron numbskull just because he, you know, he was an enforcer and fought a lot in his NHL days when John Scott made that little social media twi uh, Twitter statement regarding the whole incident involving Tom Wilson. No, you know, these are smart guys. I hate people say they're cement heads. They're not cement heads. All right. You can't just paint everybody. That was a tough guy in the National Hockey League. Paint them all one uh, the same brush with the same stroke. You can't do it. All right. These a lot of these guys. They, they, they are educated. They are intelligent. They speak very well. Uh, they had a good education. So, you know, it, to me, that's just that's uh, idiotic take an idiotic mindset to think that uh, no question about that. Uh, and look at our, look at one of our guests, you know, Devin Didiometti, who's been on this show a couple of times. He was he was he threw he fought a lot uh, in the Ontario Hockey League in the uh, AHL. The ECHL, he played in Europe after that, and he fought there a bunch of times. This was actually a guy, if you look up his YouTube, uh, if you type his name in in YouTube, you actually see him. He tried to go after someone Devin Didiometti did once in the penalty box of a game. You know, actually tried to get after them and fight them in the penalty box. But does that? But when you see him on this show, does he sound like an idiot? Like, he, like he's not intelligent? No. So, again, we have to dispel this notion that the tough guys have cement brains. Cement for brains. It's not the case. A lot of them are very well educated. They speak well. Uh, and George Peros is one of those guys. Like he's not, you know, he's <laughs> he he's very very well spoken. Uh, but nevertheless, I'm sure the Rangers, you know, uh, he was already not in their good books, and now they're probably going to have to watch him suspend Buchnevich, which is the right call. They can be pissed all they want, but it's the right call. Buchnevich gets suspended for that cross check with the stick to Mantha. It's got to be done. Uh, but nevertheless, crazy game last night. Uh, Capitals end up winning. And the New York Rangers will get to their game against the Bruins tonight in just a second. But you got to wonder just what kind of flat, just dead spot this could be for the New York Rangers tonight uh, as they take on the Boston Bruins. Uh, some other games last night that took place. How about those Ottawa Senators? Another uh, win over Montreal that just continued to give that team fits. I Winnipeg Jets, uh, I've got to uh, absolutely give them credit. Uh, and... You know, we like the Jets. We saw seven losses in a row. Sometimes you're scared to back teams in that situation. But we said, hey, they're an underdog and they're better than Calgary. Enough said. We like the Jets. They got it done. 
a bounce back, big bounce back game, their best game in weeks. Connor Hellebuck was razor sharp, his best game in weeks. Shifley and Wheeler uh, played like the players and the, the top forwards that we think they are and we know they are last night in the win. Uh, so the Jets shut out Calgary 4-0 uh, in that one. Uh, what else did we see last night? We saw, uh, uh, let me just see here. Yeah, we saw a couple of interesting uh, results last night, but we'll get it. We'll get into the, the more and more as we go. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, I want to bring him in now. He has joined us here on the Thursday edition of the show. Uh, Jimmy, before we get to today's card, uh, anything that stuck out to you last night? And of course, what do you think of what went down at MSG? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it was pretty much what we expected, right? I mean, I thought I, I didn't seriously think there would be that much right off, right out of the gate there. Um, I didn't think there would that be that many fights. Uh, I expected more of what we saw Buchnevich do. Uh, I'm surprised there weren't more people uh, hurt or more cheap shots delivered. And I'm happy. I'm happy that that didn't happen. I'm happy that they decided to be men and drop the gloves and square off one on one. So I give I give both teams credit in that sense. I'm just wondering, you know, I'm, I'm reading social media last night and I, I'm seeing just the completely divided reaction to, you know, the fights and do we want this in the game? Then you got other people saying this is a shit show. This is a circus. This is embarrassing. And I'm kind of, you know, five years ago, I'd probably be on the side like game on. Let's go. Slap shot. Old time hockey. Eddie Shore, you know, and loving these fights. And and I do. And I think it was necessary for the Rangers to answer the bell. I'm not knocking them for that. I, I'm just going to go back and, you know, sorry to beat a dead horse, but just knock the league, knock Paros and knock the Department of Player Safety because it didn't need to be like that last night. It, like, it, you still – you could have had a suspension. You still would have had some some payback, but it wouldn't have been the shit show that it was. And I'm just wondering, the more and more we look at this, and I think I said this already on here, but the more and more I think about it, I think that the NHL has decided and whether this is part of maybe the brainstorming they had with their new um, TV broadcast partners, ESPN and TNT and the direction they want to go with the game and how they portray the game to the general public and how they plan to try and lure in more fans and more eyeballs and, and more ratings. Is this what they want? Have they decided that, you know what, we're going to go back to the seventies and the early eighties and, and these brawls and these line brawls and, and just chaos on the ice and, you know, jam-packed penalty boxes because we think this is what's going to sell right now. And, and clearly it did sell because it, I haven't seen the exact rankings of the ratings and exact ratings, but I'm guessing it was one of, if not the highest rated games of the season on NBC. But I don't know if that's the direction they should go in. I think maybe they should just be worried about the fans they have and, 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 embrace the game that they have right now because they got a pretty goddamn good game. They have a great game. And I, I think taking this 180 and going back to the past that way uh, could come back to haunt them when somebody's laying on the ice with their head split open in a puddle of blood and not moving. And, you know, we'll see how your ratings are then. Yeah, when everyone's horrified and it's just, you know, you're talking about someone. And you're the joke of sports. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, they'll be they'll exactly, and they will be uh, you know ridiculed and just lambasted for you know just putting a player's health and maybe even life in peril. Uh, that that is an excellent, and I'm torn. I'm I'm legitimately torn in two when it comes to this issue. I love seeing the scrums. I love seeing the line brawls. I love seeing a, 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 a several fights simultaneously, like we saw uh, at the uh, opening face-off. But you also don't like to see that it led. You know, we had a serious, potentially very, very critical injury situation lead to all of this happening. Is that's what? If that is that what it's going to take now to get a line brawl in a game? You know, that kind of significant, vicious incident involving Tom Wilson, like. I would be more in tune with, yeah, give me more line brawls. Give me more of what we saw last night. If you don't, if you can have those just in the heat of the battle rather than a vicious incident leading to all of this, these fights, all of these line brawls. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm like it's spontaneously. Just, you know, I don't, we don't like your team. You don't like us. We're competitive bastards, both of us as teams in the NHL. We want to win. So, Let's set a tone. Let's get in a line brawl. Have it happen that way organically 
rather than, hey, someone almost had their head split open by Tom Wilson who went way too yep. far. And that's what leads to the line brawls and the massive amount of fights. You know what I mean? I would be more in tune with seeing more and more and more of this if it's a spontaneous action organically between two teams that just don't generally like each other as opposed to, hey, this was a significant incident. Someone almost getting their head cracked open, someone getting cross-checked into the boards, an open ice hit, elbow to the head, leading to all of this. I don't want those incidents leading to this. I want it to happen spontaneously if there's going to be line brawls and fights yeah. like crazy in all in, in all these games. That's he, that's where I stand on this. I, I'm right with you. and it, I, You know what? I said the exact same thing in messaging one of my friends last night during the game. Just I told her, I said, I don't know. I mean, this is fun. It's funny, but it's like it's all staged. It, it's just – I don't know. I'm right with you. I love those spontaneous fights. I mean, I think one of the best fights I ever saw uh, was Jerome McGinley and Vincent LeCavier in the 2004 Stanley Cup final. Uh, you know, I don't know what game it was in the series, but they they just went at it spontaneously. And you've seen other ones like that, too. I'm all for passion, and, and sometimes it boils over. But stuff that results from a horseshit player like a Tom Wilson and, and the fact that he's out there participating in it all – you know, it's interesting. But the one thing I will say, whether you like Tom Wilson or not, and it's clear I don't like the way he conducts himself, but I have never said he's not a good player. He is a good player. And, and you know, when you see all these players standing up for him right now <laughs> or former players saying, you know, there's not a team in the league that wouldn't take him on their roster, they're absolutely right. But there's not a team on the league that wouldn't sit him down and say, stop acting like a petulant child and putting us in a jam well, we have to pick up the mess that you made and, and we get penalized for it. You, if you if you want to be a good teammate, that's fine. Be the rugged guy. Be the power forward you can be because you know what? He could be the best power forward of this generation if he wanted to. He's that good and he's that dynamic and that big. But he's chosen to take this clown show route and, and it's sad, you know. And I, But the thing is, like I said, no matter what you think of him, Tom Wilson is changing the game. Tom Wilson is making, since 2018, since the Capitals won the Cup, and they, they did it physically, what did the St. Louis Blues do the following year? They won it with grit, they won it with size, and they won it by bullying you into submission. What did the Tampa Bay Lightning do last year when they won the Cup? The same exact thing. Look at that third line they had. They were the best line they had. They were the guys that were the main factor they won because they, was, they had size, and they would just pile you over as they skated down through the neutral zone into your zone. Teams are changing that way because of guys like Tom Wilson. And we just saw, within a 48-hour span, a team reconstruct its whole path because of Tom Wilson, and that's the New York Rangers. So, you know, while I hate him and I didn't like the clown show, you can't argue that he's having an effect on the game in many ways right now, whether that's the, the, the league realizing they can make money out of it or other teams realizing they have to adjust to beat the Capitals and Tom Wilson. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Tom Wilson derailed the franchise this week, kind of. Really? He did. I mean, the GM and the well, freaking players. the fact that the owner's a bonehead, but. That too. He derailed it just as much. But hey, the incident of Tom Wilson the other night led to what ended up eventually happening with J.D. and uh, Jeff Gordon. Can you imagine Dolan doing that to J.D. in particular? This is a guy that bleeds New York Rangers hockey. You know, he was a great goaltender for the New York Rangers decades ago. And this is something I forgot to mention on the show yesterday. I wanted to say it today. He was a goaltender and a good one for the New York Rangers back in the day. He worked how many years? Ten plus at least yep. alongside Sam Rosen in the New York Rangers television booth on MSG for a very long time. And you're going to unceremoniously dismiss him like that in because of something like this? Wow. Yeah. Just stunning. But that's James Dolan. You know, yeah. nothing he does is shocking. Nothing to me that he does is uh, every, every a lot of things he does. I don't agree with. I think it's it's a bad way to go. I think it's a jerk thing to do. He's done a lot of jerk things uh, in the past. And, you know, this is another one right here uh, with John Davidson for everything he's done for the New York Rangers. And this is the way you part ways with the guy. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. If you ask Jimmy. And, and, and Ian, I mean, let's not forget what Jeff Gordon's done. I mean, it, look, Jeff Gordon, like I said, I think I said it yesterday, right? I mean, three years ago, I've never seen a GM do what he did. I've never seen a team do what the Rangers did when they wrote a letter to their to their fans and said, look, 
The next few years, maybe next three to five years, we're going to suck. It is what it is, but we got to rebuild. We got to we got to start over, and this is where we're going. And within three years, he built a team that snuck into the into the bubble, but that might have been his biggest downfall. I think them making the bubble last year raised expectations way higher than they should have been for this franchise right now, took them to a level that they really weren't on in terms of that rebuild and disillusioned the ownership and some of the fan base and some of the media that this team was a, a, a Stanley Cup contender. And you know what? I was one of those. I was one of those people who thought they were going to get in the playoffs again this year and contend. I was scared of this team down the stretch for the last few weeks, as a lot of other people were. And I'll admit it. I got ahead of myself. I didn't step back and look at the big picture like, wait a minute. They're not quite there yet. And this reminds me a lot. And this is all I have to say. This is the last I'll say on it. But this reminds me a lot. And it's a lesson to be learned for all owners out there. Let your GMs do your do their jobs. You do yours. This reminds me a lot of the Flyers when they fired Hextall. Look at the way he rebuilt that franchise. And yet they kind of went a little ahead of schedule. And then when they dropped back yep. to where they really should have been, they fire Hextall. And then look what happens to Carter Hart who Hextall did not want in the NHL as early as the next GM put him there. And I see that happening. Like, I, well, maybe not because you know what? Drury was a lot of a, a big part of the rebuild and, and where the Rangers got to so fast. So I don't think he's, he's going to all of a sudden rush some guys into the NHL. Um, but still it, it was just, it was a, a knee jerk reaction based on money as it always is. And I, I think in the end they might regret it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I think it's. I think he was looking for a reason to make a change, and he know. And it, part of it was, as everyone's reported, the, the disappointing season. As he thought for yeah. sure, slam dunk playoff the team. That the state, them disagreeing with the statement, like them not putting their names on it, or them them being upset that they weren't even uh, kept abreast of what's going on here and not consulted about it. Look, nobody's saying that an owner needs his workers or his employees' permission to do anything, but it's good business to keep everybody on the same page. Because, frankly, they're the ones that are going to face the media more than the owner. So they need to be prepared to know the types of questions that they have coming at them. And when you blindside him like that, as you put it yesterday, in, it's just bad business. And, and yeah. that's all this guy's ever been about. Look at the New York Knicks. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just – it's bad ask business. A, ask Charles Oakley about James Dolan. Yeah. Yeah. James <laughs> Dolan can go, you know, whatever. I'm done with him. But uh, all I'm saying is, you know, look – it's a lesson for all of us, just as fans, as media, to kind of when teams are rebuilding, keep that in mind. Never yeah. lose sight of the big picture, you know. And that's yeah. what I think happened here with the Rangers. Yeah, don't speed up the process. You know, yeah. if, if you're a car that's in a like, let's let's equate an any team that's in a rebuilding in the NHL to a car. You know, drive along and go the speed limit. Don't all mm -hmm. of a sudden pump the gas pedal. And try to go 90 kilometers an hour when your car should, is only capable of going 60 right now. Look at the Ottawa Senators. That's what they're doing. Nice and slow. Wow. Doing it the right way. And you just – Building but, piece by piece. Watch out there, piece. Ian. We, yeah. we all know what Melnick's capable of. So that, that could yeah. easily get screwed up very shortly. <laughs> yeah. No, no question. But the Rangers, they're in the same process. And they had a little taste of success last year. And then all of a sudden, whoa, we're a playoff team and we're cup contenders. Nope. Not doesn't work that way. Sometimes you just gotta let it happen. Don't rush things. And I think there was a little bit of that with the uh, yeah. New York Rangers. Uh, before we get to the games, we'll get off that topic uh, with the uh, Rangers. But some media news, some big ones. Turner making waves. Uh, Eddie Olchick and Kenny Albert named their lead broadcast team next season for the Turner TNT uh, half of the NHL rights. Not surprising. I mean, Eddie Olchick, you know, and Kenny are not sticking at NBC when there's no hockey there. Uh, and Turner ends up scooping them up. Um, in terms of other broadcasters for uh, Turner, they're still looking in those directions. They're, I've re I read something the other day. It's not a for sure, but they want one guy maybe from that's already working with Turner the last few years in sports to maybe be part of them. And the guy they're considering is Harlan, uh, Kevin Harlan. Now, if he were to do hockey, and I don't think he has, I don't think he's done a lot of hockey, if any. But man, would I be? He could be a Tarico of Turner, where it yeah. doesn't matter that he's never done hockey before. He's that good. He could be absolutely spectacular doing hockey. So if Kevin Harlan, who already does uh, March Madness, which is part of Turner with CBS, 
and of course NBA on TNT. If he gets uh, the chance to do hockey, Kevin Harlan, who is one of the absolute great broadcasters in North American sports right now, uh, I'd be all for that. Uh, Kevin Harlan would be uh, great. So we'll see where Turner goes. And the other big news on the ESPN side is they've narrowed down some play-by-play guys. Uh, no yes or no yet on Thorne, but Steve Levy's in the mix. Clearly he'll be one of them. Butchagross and Sean McDonough actually yeah. could be involved as well awesome guy. in the NHL. And, and he should. He's actually done hockey. He did oh, he's a great he hockey US in the Nagano Olympics, I remember, in 1998. Yeah. For, and he was with CBS at the time. He did the hockey play-by-play for CBS at that Olympics, and he did he it pretty well. Hockey for Nesson here in Boston way back too. He yep. would always do the bean pot. Yeah, so. which would be good. I think Sean's Sean's great. Uh, yep. I love when he cracks the voice when he gets excited. Everybody loves that. That's great. I think that's phenomenal. People laugh, ha ha ha. He's cra- yeah, having his voice crack all the time when he gets excited. That's just raw emotion and passion. I love it. Give me more of that we, from our broadcasters. So McDonough and the big news of all. From the media side yesterday, Ray Ferraro. How about this? He might yeah. be the lead analyst for ESPN and leave TSN. And look, it's a no-brainer. It's ab- like TSN's not even a national rights holder for hockey uh, in Canada. Yeah. You no, know, he's only doing regional games in the Leaf viewing region or in the Senators viewing region. Only the small part of the province sees those games. You're going to go to ESPN. You're going to get paid a shit ton more money to be the lead analyst coast-to-coast, do Stanley Cup finals for ESPN. It's an absolute no-brainer for Ray Ferraro. He's got to take the job. He's got to take the deal. You're not, you know, you're just uh, – I don't know what you're thinking if you say no. Uh, so I, I'd expect that to end up happening, uh, that Ray Ferraro is the lead analyst. It's a great choice, by the way. He does yeah. a great job. It's an absolute slam dunk for ESPN if that indeed comes to fruition. And uh, congrats to Ray if it does happen. I'd say two other, uh, a few other things, though, just back on last night, too, Ian, that – you know, one thing I did, I think the, the shit show pissed me off even more because there were some really magical stories last night. There were some really great things that happened across the league, uh, you know, whether it was right in that game with T.J. Oshie getting a hat trick right after his dad died. And, you know, and by the way, shame on me. I don't know if anyone else did, but shame on me to not factor that in. And I wanted to bring this up. To you, Ian, and I, I don't know if there's a way we could ever keep track of such a stat, but I feel like in hockey that we've had a lot of games, whether it's been an individual performance like TJ Oshie last night or a team performance rallying around an individual who needed them, um, a lot of times where, and I don't mean to sound all sappy and everything, but the heart and emotion, you know, and just being a team and being together has has made a team one has literally spurred a team on to a win you know like just it, it was like man they knew they wanted to win that game when you saw the reaction they gave him when he got that hattie uh and when then the pass i forget who passed it to him there made sure he got it it was almost like a planned play if you ask me he knew he was shooting it right from there there was no hesitation um you see that reaction and i'm thinking they looked in that locker room and they said look this is a we got all this madness going on around Tom Wilson right now, all this expectation of fights. Yeah, we're gonna have to get involved in that. But we need to win this game. No matter what, we need to win this game for TJ Oshie. And damn, I wish I thought about that before because if I did, I would have been all over the caps. I couldn't really figure out a, a remember, we both couldn't figure out a side on that game just because of all the madness around it. But if we had maybe identified that, and I feel like that's happened a lot this year, Ian where teams have rallied around a teammate in situations like that. We saw it last week with Ryan Miller, right? Situational betting is what it is. We see it last night with David Backus, the same team. You know, another great story there. What happened, you know, the ovation he got and and the stuff they did for him. They didn't win, but almost, and they played their guts out. Yeah, just, but, yeah, but, I mean, if it was unreal, like, what they did for him. You know, I'm just trying to say, like, Keep an eye on this stuff. Sometimes we underestimate that. You know, we're all caught up in numbers and stats and analytics and what have you and records. Sometimes we just got to think about the human spirit and, and, and what that means to a hockey team. Because I think in hockey, we see that more than any other sport. And I think with everything that's been going on this year with COVID and everything, we're seeing it a lot more in the game. Yeah, situational betting involving a specific player on a team where you know the team is going to rally around it, bring a great, great effort. 
and rise up. And maybe that player in particular is going to play good. You know, the Ryan Miller situation yep. with Anaheim in his final home start last night, a death in the family for a play, beloved teammate, you know, l- losing a parent like TJ Oshie did. Uh, and all of a sudden he's inspired to play hard, you know, as a dedication to his dad and the team wants to, you know, help him out and he wants to play well. So yeah, that team bet on that team, maybe look at player props for that player to maybe go off. And we saw that happen with TJ Oshie, uh, something to keep in mind, situational little angles like that, that can pop up during yeah. the course of the long season. And the odds makers does, does not factor that in one lick, one iota. Uh, into the line and into the and, price. And so speaking of emotional situational angles, I think we, you know, I heard you say earlier, we've got one of those tonight. Sure do. And we will get to that now with the uh, beginning of the breakdown of the uh, Thursday card. Let's get to it. Uh, Thursday slate, starting with the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders. Uh, we've got the uh, Islanders minus 220. Uh, home favorites here, total five and a half shaded to the under. Um I don't have a strong thought on this game either way. I'm probably passing this game overall. When I look at it, the New York Islanders are, look, they're third or fourth. They're going to be third or fourth with the Bruins. Bruins are either going to be third in the division or the Islanders are going to be third in the division. And neither of those teams is going to get home ice in the first round. So I just don't know if there's that urgency for the Islanders in these remaining few games of the season. Not enough to want to lay minus 220. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. And New Jersey's one of those teams that, this time of year, the non-playoff teams with these final few games, you've got to put them into categories. Teams that have given up, teams that are waving the white flag, that there's not a lot of pushback. There's a lot of when things start to go wrong, they go off a cliff and they get worse. And which teams are fighting back, still battling, still competing, still showing you that want to, to give you an effort, you know, to win games. Columbus is trying to win games. Buffalo's been a hard, tough out. We've seen even Detroit rise up, play pretty competitively. And I think you got to throw New Jersey in that category as well. They've been competitive. They have not been an easy team to beat uh, lately uh, for uh, any team that they face. So I think when you look at this game overall, uh, I think it's a situation here where you could definitely make a case um, for New Jersey potentially as a dog. I'm not going, I'm going to lean to New Jersey, but I'm going to stay off this game altogether. Uh, keep in mind the Devils, uh, the, again, a team that has not completely rolled over and packed it in. So, uh, And the Islanders, not sure the urgency's there, and I need it if I'm going to be endorsing a minus-220 favorite. So I lean New Jersey, but it's going to be a pass for me. Jimmy, what do you think, Devils and Islanders? Well, I'm, okay, making sure I was unmuted. Um, you know what? You're right. One thing I'll say, and I, don't, I think the Bruins can still catch the Penguins. You know, like that's – I don't think that little part is over, right? Because don't the Bruins have a game in hand on the Penguins? I believe so, yes. I think there is a game so in hand. So they could still catch them for home advantage. Not that I think I, – I, I honestly think home advantage does not matter except for maybe getting the last change and all that. But, I mean, crowd-wise, clearly it's not going to matter. And I, I don't think it matters much in it, right now this year out of all years. But they have a chance – but, you know, as far as this game goes right now, you do make a great point there. I mean, the Islanders just kind of know where they're going to be. You know, I, I think it's pretty obvious where they're going to be right now. And uh, they're more focused on fine-tuning a bit. Uh, and fine-tuning doesn't mean throwing your game plan out the door and not trying to win. But it just means you're more focused on that. And if you end up losing by a goal or two, so be it. As long as you don't get blown out of the building and, and you know, some big red flags go off there. Um so I look at this game right now as probably the most boring game on the, on the card for sure. And that's why I'm really loving that it gave us that little extra half. So I'm all over the under five and a half in this game because I think this is going to be a snooze fest on the ice and for anyone who watches it. All right, like in the under five and a half here, Devils and Islanders for Jimmy. Yes, it's the Bruins up by one on the Islanders and the Bruins have a game in hand on yeah. the Islanders. Uh, so that's where we stand right now. So again, third or fourth, it's not going to make or break it for either of these teams. I think who finishes third and who finishes fourth. You're playing a pretty tough first round opponent either way, whether it's Washington, whether it's Pittsburgh uh, in that first round. So uh, that's why I say we'll see. if. Uh, and plus you always have to worry, especially if there's not a boatload on the line for the Islanders, resting players, load management. It is creeping into the NHL here down the stretch with some of these teams. So something you want to keep an eye on for sure uh, in this one. All right, next game, New York Rangers, Boston Bruins. 
Boston minus 235, home favorites here, five and a half the total uh, in this game. We know what the Rangers have been through. Uh, and look, I thought they would be motivated to win last night, and they still didn't win the game. Uh, Washington still pretty much controlled that game uh, start to finish. And now you expect, after everything that's gone on, physically, mentally, emotionally, with the Rangers in the last two games against Washington, think about this last 48 to 72-hour cycle. The Tom Wilson incident, the fallout from that, the decision by George Peros not to suspend him, the absolutely physical, fight-filled game last night. And I think they did try to win the game. There, there was effort. There was energy. There was passion from the Rangers. But yet they still weren't good enough to get it done. Involved in that you know, multiple fracases and, and uh, fights in that game. And now you got to go to Boston on the second night of a back-to-back against a rested Bruins team after everything you've gone through physically, mentally, and emotionally the last like three days. Wow. This is one of the ultimate brutal spots that you'll ever see not only not, not just the schedule it's everything that's gone into these last two games between the rangers and the capitals and it's a shorthanded hockey team Kreider may not be back tonight i think troop is still going to be out lindgren's still out mm-hmm. uh artemi panarin is done for the season uh, and we're all of a sudden seeing zibanejad and really hardly anybody else scoring lately uh for the new york rangers so this is just a tall order it's a difficult to do ask we know, do we know if butchnevich is playing uh, yeah, and Buchnevich exactly with the uh, suspense. Uh, the he comes you know, down before the game. He might not play either. Yeah, yeah, his hearing I think is going on today. So right there's as we a, speak, I know that right now. It's going yep. on right as we speak. There you go, and that's a top six forward uh, for the New York Rangers. So that could be another thing they've got to overcome. And Boston Bruins, look, I know they're kind of like the Islanders, where this, these games aren't life or death, but I think they still want to go into the playoffs playing well, playing uh, in good form. Uh, finish the season strong. Of course, they're going to have Jeremy Swayman in net. We don't know yet for the Rangers who's going to be in net, but you would think Shesterkin, considering the fact that Yorgiev played uh, last night. Um, it bothers me that I feel this way, and everybody and his brother that handicaps and <laughs> NHL hockey that I've talked to about this game over the last 12 hours feels this way. But to me, this is... Boston in regulation at minus 140 or 45. This is Boston puck line, minus one and a half, minus 110. You could even go Boston first period in this game at minus a half goal, plus 115. I think you could go with all three and go 3-0 and in this game. I really don't know if the Rangers show up. I think they, they stay on the bus. They, they, they park the bus, so to speak, uh, going into this game. After everything they've gone through, no playoffs. Keep in mind, before the two Washington games, we talked about the Rangers being a fade and a bet against the rest of the season. I stayed out of betting against them last night out of respect for the energy and the intensity that I thought they would show against Washington. And yet they were still not even good enough to beat the Capitals or even come close to beating them last night. And now they're on a back-to-back. I don't think they give two shits about this game, to be honest, after everything that's gone on. They're not making the playoffs. they got tons of key players out. This is Boston first period, plus 115, minus a half goal. This is Boston in regulation, minus 140, minus 145. And this is Boston puck line, minus one and a half here for me. I'm on all three. three Uh, It's just too much of a ripe spot for the picking to ignore. Jimmy, what do you think? Let's hear it. Bruins and Rangers. I'll tell you this. I just got a text from, and I'm, you know, obviously I can't say who the agent is and, and what player he represents on the New York Rangers, but he's watching us right now. And he just said, you guys are all right. Let me tell you, the Rangers didn't get in until 2.30 in the morning last night. All right? And they tied one on on the plane. That's all I'm going to say. So th- that, that's an agent of a New York Rangers player right now. Wow. Totally agreeing with everything we're saying right now. Of course, you know, because I'm telling you this now, the Rangers are going to come out and win 5-0. But no, I mean, this is one of those, you know, like we were saying, there's some games, and there seems to be a lot more of them because of COVID, obviously, and the compacted schedule, um, and, and, you know, COVID protocol list and all that. There seems to be way more this year, and we've been lucky. And this is another one right now where, yeah, you just got to gotta look at all the factors coming in right now, and everything points to the Bruins. Uh, you know, I always loved Chris Berman when, you know, you remember in when he used to do the NFL show, what was it, NFL primetime and everybody would pick, say, the Giants, and he'd look at them and oh, you're all on the Giants, huh? They'd pick the other team, yeah. Yeah. Can't you know, do that tonight. Not right now. And there were times when he knew, no matter what, you had to go with them, and he'd be like, 
Well, so am I. And so, so am I on the New York Rangers. I already did my bets last night as that game was going on. I got the the Bruins in regulation at minus 130. Last I checked, that went up to minus 170 right now. I got the Bruins puck line at plus 105. That's changed already. And I also got the Bruins first period regulation line, the three-way, at plus 125. So that's where I'm at in this. I might even look at an under on the on the team total as well for the Rangers. Jeremy Swayman has been lights out for the Bruins. I mean, has he had a bad game yet? Even in the games he loses. Look at the one nothing game against. He hasn't let in a bad goal in them. I know that. He has not let in a bad goal yet. Uh, the, the kid is lights out. I still think that by round two, he's the, the starting goalie for the Boston Bruins in the playoffs. I'm just going out on a limb predicting that, but just a gut feeling I have. Uh, just everything just points to one of those stinkers for the Rangers and a win for the Bruins. And like we were saying at the, at the get-go, these games do mean something for the Bruins. And the coach continued to say, I'm not resting guys right now. I'm put, I want my lineup out there. That's going to start the playoffs so they can build chemistry because that's been one of the biggest problems, not just for the Bruins, but for every NHL team this year has been building chemistry within your line and your D pairings. And they have that now. They've found that. Yeah, Charlie Coyle is out, by the way, for the Bruins' upper body injury. Uh, and he was starting to come into form there in the third line. The third line was clicking. But, you know, as I said to you and, and the guys in our uh, private chat, and I'll say it here publicly, I got a gut feeling Jake DeBrus steps up tonight. It was There was something about him. He's, it, it seemed like he's kind of reached his boiling point with the way his season has gone. When he spoke to us earlier today, he was he was upset. He was pissed. He didn't really want to answer questions. He finally opened up a bit to me. And I got a feeling on him. So if you want to even do a side prop for a little fun there, bet on Jake DeBrus to score a goal. That's good. I mean, I, I, we've we've seen him. We've seen this from DeBrusque specifically earlier this year when he was, you know, sounded like he was angry about a slump he was in. And I think right after that, he scored. That was one of the games he actually did. So that's a good, that's a good thing to go with here jake debrus to score a goal or over points something like that and yeah seems like um too good to be true and sometimes it is when it just seems like it's obvious like this but uh the bruins sitting in an excellent spot you would think tonight against the rangers team i don't think they have anything left to give tonight uh, the new york rangers yeah. anything uh physically mentally emotionally and everything else in between for this yeah. hockey game tonight. And I'll, I'll say this all of a week they've had god forbid we're all wrong here but you know if the bruins do lose this be wary of them because, they. I mean, if they lose this game, then th to me, that's a huge red flag if I'm Bruce Cassidy. Something's going on there. So, But hopefully we don't have to deal with that. Yeah, hello to the player agent, by the way, watching us right now. <laughs> we, we thank everybody for tuning in. The more, the better. Uh, we've got the uh, Buffalo Sabres and Pittsburgh Penguins, minus 310. Pittsburgh, massive favorites here, total six in this one. I'm on the Sabres here at a plus one and a half. I don't know if I've got the guts to uh, go money line here against Pittsburgh, but you know I, I think it's worth a look here. Buffalo plus one and a half, plus one twenty. Ride the wave with Michael Hauser, and he's right back in net tonight for the Sabers. Uh, they've rallied around him. They've rallied around this story. They're scoring goals. I mean, their offense has come to life. Their offense against a great Islander defense. You got to give the Sabers credit. That wasn't some sieve defense that they just played. That's the Islanders, and they found ways to score goals. Rasmus Asplund has been good. Uh, this uh, Rutzelainen's given them life. Sam Reinhardt's been excellent. Middle stat continues to be good. I mean, these youngsters for the Buffalo Sabers, uh, they're not rolling over here, and they've caught lightning in a bottle with young, with uh, not young Michael Hauser, but Michael Hauser and this great story where he's been in the minors for years, and now he's finally getting a, a look in the NHL. And the team is rallying around that at the moment. I know Pittsburgh's still battling for first in the division. There's absolutely no reason that Pittsburgh should look past Buffalo with what's at stake for them. Uh, but my opinion right here is Buffalo has already shown you they can beat Pittsburgh and, and play them tough uh, multiple times this season. Like I say, I don't have it in me to go the full full throttle here on Buffalo at plus 275 to win the game. But I'm happy with plus one and a half at around plus 125. Still a good plus price to keep it to a one-goal game. Um, and I like the over here because Buffalo's scoring. I think they go out. Uh, find some uh, goals for Hauser. And, and on the flip side, uh, third game now for Hauser, including third game in four nights. I think he could still play well. But look, Penguins have a little bit more punch offensively, especially with Malkin back. 
than the New York Islanders do. So I could see Pittsburgh getting on the scoreboard as well. So for me, two bets, Buffalo plus a, half, plus a goal and a half, plus 125, uh, and also Buffalo-Pittsburgh over six. Uh, what do you think here, Jimmy, uh, Sabres and Penguins? You know what? Like, Ian, when I was looking at this game and, and kind of evaluating it and, and looking at the ins and outs of it, I, I kind of had the same sense. Um, you know, I almost – I, I think they could outright win, but I, I'm with you. I'm going to play it safe and go with the plus one and a, one and a half at a plus price, which we don't see too often. Um, I, I They're going to give Pittsburgh some fits tonight. And again, I'm going to go back to it. I'm sure Melissa Cunningham is going to agree with me. One of the most underreported stories right now when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins is how much they're missing Mike Matheson. He transformed that defense. He really did. And, and they were getting so much speed through the neutral zone when he was on the ice, and, and, the, and the forwards were benefiting off it. Keep that in mind going forward as long as he's out, that that element is missing in their game. Uh, I like the Sabres, plus one and a half. All right, Buffalo plus one and a half goals on the puck line. This is Jimmy puck line, but the, the, the other side of the puck line. Not laying the half goal, we're taking the half goal. <laughs> or the one and a half goals, I should say. Taking the one and a half goals with the uh, Buffalo Sabres. It's because you don't usually get to take plus 125 on a team at plus one and a half goals. Uh, but you get that here with Buffalo because they're just such a massive underdog uh, in this game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And by the way, they have to keep going with Michael Hauser. They've got no choice. They've got four goalies on injured reserve right now. Can you believe this? Hutton, yeah. Allmark, Tokarski, and Uka Pekalukanen uh, is also on the uh, injured list now because he got hurt against the Bruins uh, on Saturday. So to have four goalies injured yeah. at the same time, that's unreal. I don't and know by I'm the sure. way, 20, 28 isn't old, okay? No. <laughs> no, that's true. Jari's been good. I agree. Jari's been good. Um, but I think Buffalo's offensively – they're they're generating. I'm watching every game lately. They they're generating. They're getting their chances. You just hope they cash in on them uh, a little bit here tonight uh, against the uh, Penguins. Uh, all right, let's continue on. We've got just a, uh, three games left here. Uh, Car Chicago, Carolina. Carolina minus 295, home favorites, total six. Very simple for Carolina. Win tonight, they clinch the division. What, might as well finish it off right here, right now and get it done tonight if you're uh, the Hurricanes. They've tattooed Chicago now uh, in back-to-back -back games. They even spotted Chicago a 2 nothing lead the other night and still came all the way back and took care of business in that game against the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, we've talked about it. Blackhawks, no Calvin DeHaan, no chance on defense. I mean, the defense has just fallen apart and crumbled. The goaltending has uh, slipped as well, regardless of Lankinen, regardless of Subban, regardless of Delia being in net for Chicago. Uh, they have not kept the puck out of their own net. I think I've gone Carolina team total over, full game over. Both of these head-to-head -head games this week, Chicago, Carolina. I'm going right back to it here. Same thing. Uh, over team total, Carolina. Uh, over three and a half goals uh, and also over six for the game. Uh, team total for Carolina is indeed, yes, over three and a half minus 145. The exact same price it's been uh, the last two games. So, and Chicago, Carolina, they've been trending over the total head-to-head -head this season as well. So same two bets. They cashed two and both of them. Team total, Carolina, full game over in the first two meetings this week between the Blackhawks and Hurricanes. I'm going right back to it tonight. Carolina team total over three and a half and the full game over six. Jimmy, what do you think here, Chicago, Carolina? Well, yeah, I, I think it, Carolina comes in. They want You're right. They want to get it done, and they'll clinch that spot today. And remember, too, Kind of nobody thinks about it, I think, because of the the realigned divisions and everything uh, and not really having conferences right now. And, and you don't think of the league standing so much. They got a good grasp on the president's trophy right now as well. And while we're not thinking that really makes a difference when you're playing out of your division, it will later when they switch to the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals and they want to get home advantage. And on that note, as I was saying earlier, I don't put much into home advantage now, but I will later on. If things continue to go well in the United States and, and vaccinations increase and more people are allowed into the arena and you can maybe get 50% by the time the Stanley Cup final starts, then I think home advantage plays a big role. I think the Carolina Hurricanes are thinking about that as well. Obviously, they want to get fans in there. So give me the Carolina Hurricanes, Jimmy Puck line on this one. I'm also going to take them on the puck line in the first period. 
All right, so a double up puck line spot. Yeah, I would lean in those directions as well. First period puck line, because maybe an onus on a better start after falling behind 2-0 uh, in the last game. Uh, and also the full game puck line for Jimmy here. Montreal and Toronto. Uh, we've got the Leafs. They've taken all kinds of money here. They're all the way up now in this game to the minus 220 uh, range, uh, even minus 230 uh, in some spots here uh, in this game. Uh, total right now in the uh, five and a half, six range, uh, depending on where you look. Yeah, we're looking at minus 225, five and a half, the total shaded to the over. Maybe we get this game over the total. When's the last time we've seen Toronto five and a half? Like now we're seeing Toronto lined to the way they're playing defense lately. I could see this being an over. I will bet the over from a side perspective. Toronto in regulation is the only way I could go. They have been not just good. They have been absolutely unbelievable, unbeatable when revenging, avenging a team for losing to that team in the most recent game. And, of course, they lost to Montreal in the Cole Caulfield game-winning goal in overtime earlier this week. Toronto's just been lights out, Jimmy, in revenge for a loss to the team that the last time they played them. I think to the point where, like, they're 14-1, and one, Jimmy, or 13-2 and two in that spot where they are trying to beat a team that beat them the last time they faced them. And that's the spot here for Toronto. So definitely from a side perspective, it's Toronto and regulation. That's probably what I'm going to go with. Toronto and regulation around minus 145, just to be a little bit safer in case it's a one-goal game. And also over five and a half with the Habs and the Leafs, especially with Montreal starting to generate a little bit more offense. And the Leafs, uh, you know, they're still good to score goals any night. And you don't get five and a half every day with them when it comes to the total. And look, Sheldon Keith might have new guys in the lineup, and we could see guys rested again tonight, changes in the lineup, and usually when there's new faces in the lineup, different lines, different D pairs, that means defense suffers. Guys, you know, communication breakdowns sometimes, you could see that tonight. So that could lead to some more goals as well. So Leafs in regulation as well as over five and a half for me, Montreal, Toronto. Jimmy, what's your take here? My take is, you know, I'm not betting the Habs, so that's out of the way. Um, I'm going <laughs> to jump on that over. I think that's way too low for this game right now. And, uh, you know, especially with the fact that uh, I mean, they're going to try and tell you they're not, but the Leafs are trying to get Austin Matthews uh, those goals and those points. They want him to break these records. They want him to go down in history right now. And that's why I'm also going to take him again to score a goal tonight uh, in this game. And, you know, just a little bit on Montreal there – you would think maybe I'm a little worried about betting against them because of how bad they were against Ottawa. Uh, so maybe they come out fired up. I was a little tempted to take them in the first period, but I'm going to keep my promise and not do anything Montreal side related. He, uh, that's a promise. We intend to make sure Jimmy keeps. <laughs> he's not betting Montreal again uh, this season, and he's going to uh, I love the city. Up. Don't get me wrong. Just yeah. – <laughs> Just not doing it. And, yeah, Toronto, again, losing to Montreal the other night. I could see a little burr in their saddle to win tonight. Again, Toronto's yep. pretty much home and cool first. They're going to win the division, just a matter of when they clinch. Uh, but definitely, uh, you know, I think I think they'll want to – like they've been just amazing in the uh, avenging role, beating a team that the last time they played them, that team beat the Leafs. They've been just terrific uh, at avenging those spots. So we'll see if they keep that up tonight. Uh, Vancouver and Edmonton final game on this uh, Thursday slate Edmonton minus 245 to minus 250 home favorites total six uh, I've been on Edmonton puck line here both of the last two games in Vancouver between these two teams uh, Edmonton gets it done five to three and four to one victories Connor McDavid goes over his total points props in both games you got to go right back to it over one and a half points is like minus 130 Get back right on that Connor McDavid total points prop tonight. They want to get 100 points for him. He's got seven points to get in the remaining five games to get to 100 points. He wants that number. He wants that achievement. The Oiler teammates of his want him to get it. They're going to try to put him in a position uh, to get as many points as possible. And Vancouver's been very giving uh, in that regard uh, the last few games from a defensive standpoint. So McDavid to score, I wouldn't argue with that. I like McDavid over one and a half total points. I posted it on Twitter at Bobano last night. That cashed. The two and a half points over fell short, but barely. And you can get plus 300 with that. I wouldn't be scared to go maybe for that as well, that he could get three points tonight, Connor McDavid, in this game against Vancouver. They're not stopping anybody right now. And the Oilers, uh, I know there's not technically a lot at stake. They're probably going to finish second. 
They're not going to catch Toronto. They're pretty much locked into their position. So does a malaise set in? Does a lethargic type of effort set in? I think this incentive and this mindset to get McDavid to 100 points is enough to keep them going and focused and want to put up goals in bunches, especially McDavid. So, uh, yeah, it would be Edmonton first period puck line, Edmonton minus one and a half around even money, full game puck line, Edmonton team total over. I love that. Edmonton team total over, absolutely. That's probably my favorite of them all in this game is that team total on the Oilers, uh, which I also cashed in the last game against Vancouver, both games against Vancouver the last two. They got over three and a half goals. Uh, Their team total in this one is also three and a half, uh, over three and a half. Edmonton team total, minus 135. I like that quite a bit. And I'm also going to be on a bunch of Connor McDavid props tonight. Like I say, I think they want to get 100 points, and so does he uh, for him. Uh, going into the uh, end of the season. Jimmy, what do you think, Vancouver uh, and Edmonton? I mean, I think everything you said is 100% dead on right now. Ian, with the, with the uh, Vancouver Canucks, it is, it is what it is. The, this season can end soon enough for them. And, and look, I'm not – by no means am I criticizing them. They've just had a big shit sandwich handed to them this season, and, and it is what it is. On that note, give me the Edmonton Oilers. Another puck line here for me, Edmonton Oilers minus one and a half. All right, Edmonton Oilers, even money, puck line, uh, minus one and a half for Jimmy Murphy uh, in this one. I definitely uh, wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, I think definitely we see a situation here where the Oilers win by margin. They won by margin. Four of the five, take, put it this way, Edmonton is five and two against Vancouver this year. Four of the five Edmonton wins, Jimmy, were by two goals or more. So four of those five wins for Edmonton against Vancouver would have cashed the puck line. Minus yeah. one and a half goals. So I say stick with it. I really like the team total. That's the one I'm probably going to have the most money on. Edmonton team total over three and a half, minus 135. And then also get the uh, uh, props involved with uh, Connor McDavid as well. All right. That is the Thursday NHL card. Great analysis. Great show once again. We're on fire this week. Some great shows. Great debate. That's the thing about late regular season hockey. A lot of situations arise. It provides good discussion points uh, on the show. Uh, We'll get to best bets in just a second. Thanks, as always, to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball on a daily basis. A great time of year to try DraftKings out. When you download DraftKings, the app, and sign up for an account, you'll get deposit bonus, weekly specials, and incentives. Uh, So check all of that out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, it is best bet time for this Thursday edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, Jimmy uh, pushed for me with the best bet last night, so we stay at 9-3, 75% with my last 12 best bets on the show. We'll see if we can extend that record tonight. Jimmy, we'll start with you first, best bet. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to need to make a little comeback here down the stretch here before the playoffs start. Uh, look, I we, we got to go right to the game here in Boston. Uh, give me the Boston Bruins in regulation. All right, Boston in regulation here, uh, minus 170 uh, in this one uh, against the uh, New York Rangers for uh, Jimmy Murphy's best bet. Did you want to go regulation or puck line? You know regulation. what? As I, as I said that and as you were talking there, no, let's up. go Jimmy puck line. Let's there go you Jimmy go. I was going to say, you're Jimmy puck line. The reg line's <laughs> minus 170 now because yeah. I actually bet the regulation when it was minus 145, uh, and now it's up to minus 170. Yeah. So it's got I got it at minus good. 130, yes, but – it looks like a lot of people in our chat room uh, bet this is very early, even before yeah, exactly. the game started last night. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I can and I can see why that is. Uh, Boston puck line, even money, minus one and a half for uh, Jimmy Murphy here uh, against the New York Rangers. As that will be his best bet. Uh, mine is going to be, look, I'm, I'm going to go right back to the game we just talked about. Uh, Edmonton Oilers team total, uh, over three and a half, minus 135. I'm starting to use some team totals as best bet. Two nights ago, I was on Carolina team total over as a best bet. And I like that one again tonight. But I'm going to go Edmonton team total over three and a half minus 135 tonight for best bet. They get to four goals. They scored five against uh, Vancouver two games ago. They scored four against Vancouver in the last game. That's all they need in this bet cashes. The drive is there. The incentive is there. Get McDizzle. Get Connor McDavid to 100 points in the regular season. Edmonton Oilers team total over three and a half minus 135 against a downtrodden, beaten down Vancouver Canucks team. Uh, that'll be my best bet. 
for this Thursday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week on YouTube, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart. Find the podcast there. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.